Welcome, space travelers, to the 227th, but hardly final, frontier of the Nerdtravaganza podcast, where this week we'll be discussing 50 years of Star Trek. And was it proper English for me to say final frontier of the podcast? Yeah, I guess the podcast can have a frontier, is that right? Sure. Danny's, Danny's English from the sound of it, so he, he might be able to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> they invented the language, right? <laughs> I mean, it, did it sound good to your ear, Dan? I, you know, I'll, I'll go with yes. Yeah. All right. Good. Great. Yeah. Great. All right, very diplomatic. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> before we get on to tonight's episode, though, uh, Starfleet regulations do dictate that I remind you to check us out on iTunes, where your reviews and favorable ratings are worth more to us than gold press latinum is to a Ferengi. <laughs> The inexplicably avaricious uh, race in Star Trek. I never quite got that. I like their teeth. You think they have like gnarly teeth, don't they? They're like super like razor sharp. Okay, yeah. I guess they file them down. You think they'd be made of gold? Right. <laughs> get a grill. Well, they get that way from biting gold to make sure it's. Oh, it's yeah. legit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, and, they, and clothes, clothes are uh, anathema to them. They don't like their women to go around <laughs> clothed, as I recall. Yeah, okay. Well, who does? No, no, Brian. I'm glad you said it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that slight diversion now uh, in our past, we can kick off our episode. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? <laughs> Say our names. By the way, audience, I'm, uh, I guess I, I want to be the chief of engineering, Tom. I'm uh, number one, Will Bryan. <laughs> number one. I'm a science officer, Cam. Yeah, I, I'm nervously wearing a red shirt, so I'm Manny. <laughs> and uh, I immediately regret this decision. You know something, Daddy? I wasn't sure if you were going to run with it, so I was about to say, and, 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 jo- and joining us as a special guest star, but certainly not with a red shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I won't make a return. Yeah. Crewman <laughs> number one, Danny. <laughs> Listen, nobody's ever come off this planet, so how about you beam down? <laughs> and the rest of you, the valuable away team will stay here. I think that's my here. job, yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I never got that. Like, all, like, the whole bridge crew, basically the like beating heart of the ship is the away team, except when there's something like deadly, then they just send some scrub down to die. <laughs> uh, uh, gosh. Anyway, uh, welcome, Danny, of Games Night fame. It's... Good to have you on this mission. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we will commence the episode now in our usual fashion by slingshotting around the sun and going back in time to when whales ruled the earth or whatever happened in that particular movie. Um, uh, and discussing our recent past with the weekly, geekly, geekly, weekly update. Uh, Cam, why don't you kick things off to kind of show Danny how it's done and then we'll have him, uh, we'll have him give his... Uh, last, so he can also give us an update on this project. All right, no problem. Um, I am not quite inconspicuously wearing this big, bright yellow hat uh, to announce the fact that uh, I, just this week, uh, have been named uh, Chief General Counsel to Yellow Games USA. So woo, raise the roof for that. Um, as it's no secret that I've worked with them in their sales and marketing uh, at cons and stuff over the past couple of years. And uh, so I guess it's a promotion of sorts 
to uh, now being their chief legal counsel here in the U.S. Uh, Danny, if you didn't know, I'm an attorney as well uh, in my uh, real life. So uh, uh, now I've <clears throat> been uh, been brought on by Yellow Games to advise them on various legal matters. And so uh, I'm happy to make that announcement. Uh, I've known for a little bit, but, you know, we had to sort of hammer out the details and, of course, had to get their permission to announce it because that's, uh, you know, the bar tends to get uh, – a little uptight when you announce certain thing, you know, certain information about your clients. But uh, yeah, they gave me the green light to let everyone know that uh, I'm now officially uh, acting in that capacity for Yellow Games. And nice. Um, so that was, I guess, the probably the biggest thing that happened to me this week. Uh, also, been doing uh, a lot of sports ball, fantasy football, big uh, uh, gridiron, I guess you guys call it over there, Danny. Um, fantasy football is a big thing for us over here. Um, it's basically D and D for jocks, um, but, uh, it's sort of permutated its way into, uh, the mainstream and the nerd stream, I guess. Um, even so much so that I've, uh, created a nerd league, um, for, uh, some of my gamer friends. And, uh, and so actually tonight is going to be our fantasy draft for that nerd league. Uh, it is called the nerd league of legends. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so, so nice. I'm, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm hope you know I'm I'm anxiously looking for some some people who some guys that know nothing about football whatsoever in that league. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to the draft and how well they do, uh, and they probably will will, will win the leagues <laughs> uh, based on just how you know fantasy football goes. But uh, uh, you know we'll see. So I'm excited about that. And uh, other than that, just playing a lot of tabletop games at the Adventure Game Store. Uh, had a chance to play Haven. Uh, uh, which Danny's going to tell us about uh, later, uh, later in the episode. Uh, and um, that's it for me this week. All right, Cam, I've got to know something. Uh, had you spilled the beans early on this new uh, arrangement you have with Yellow, would you then have had to write a stern uh, and threatening legal letter to yourself? No, I'm sure I would have gotten a stern letter from the bar. Letting me, know, letting me know that I would be subject to harsh discipline in the very near future. Okay. All right. I, I'm <laughs> so, not sure how that works. Yeah. So that's why I kept it under my hat. Hat. Oh, yes. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah See what nice. I did there. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, well done. All right. <laughs> and um, in case anybody doubts it, Cam is a jock. Oh, I love sports ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what about you, man? You've been hitting the uh, the sports field yourself. I know you're also a big time jock like Cam. Uh, kind of, sort of, actually. Um, a little, little older sports. Uh, History Channel has this thing. It's reality television, so I feel really dirty, but it's it's close enough to a game show, I guess. Have you guys ever heard of Forged in Fire? I think not. No. So I guess like all of those live combat leagues have been getting popular. And um, this this is kind of like jumping off of them. It's not a live combat show, but it's like four smiths in a room, and they're just like make a knife, go, and then they name different kind of knives, and they have like you know different challenges, like make a knife out of an old '57 Chevy and shit like that. Hmm. But they actually like you know use fire and hammer to like beat real functioning weapons in like right before your eyes. And then the final Whoa. two, like the, you know, first and second place, like 
he- uh, go head to head in a like make a giant sword competition, and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's really cool, and yeah, I mean, you know, being into D anD D, I don't know how you can't be interested in in the weapons and stuff. So it's it's really cool. The last episode I saw, they had a uh, a hook sword, like that was like the final competition, and the guys were like, "I make horseshoes. What the fuck's a hook sword?" <laughs> like, I, even if you make swords, I guess people don't make hook swords that often. So it, it was it was kind of fascinating. Uh, I kind of binged that this week. So it's sports related. That's about as close as I get. Yeah. Do they sh- do they tell them what what a hook sword is, or they just have to imagine? Uh, it no, they, it's kind of part of the show where they showcase it and they sh- you know show like the uh, one of the judges is like a, a martial artist, so he you know grabs it and does some fancy stuff with it. Um, oh, I see. And actually, one of the things that made quite a bit of difference this time around is one of the guys, like, you know, did a little bit of research before he started it and, like, why this was this way and why this is that way. And he knew um, to only sharpen his hook sword, like, two-thirds of the way. And they kind of, like, called him out on it. They're like, so, I see you didn't sharpen it all the way. Why is that? And he had the historically accurate answer. He was like, well, they didn't do this because blah, blah, blah. And the judge was like, mm, fucking good for you, dude. <laughs> and the other guy standing there with a fully sharpened sword, like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> cool show. And much better than Pawn Stars. <laughs> than Pawn Stars? Yeah, I'm sure. I take it there are no mystery ingredients like on the cooking shows. They don't like, you know, open up a basket of things they have to incorporate into the sword. No, I'm totally serious. Like one of the I don't I don't remember if it was the same episode or not, but they had like a, a beat up old truck and they were like, here's your metal. Have fun. Oh, oh, that's the mystery ingredient. Wow. OK, wow. <laughs> I was gonna, I was thought they were like, you know, some jelly, a hen, you know, that kind of thing. Nope. They had uh, they had one that was like like uh implements like tools like they had like a a baseball bat um that you could make the handle out of and they had like band saw blades like just Mm. broken blades like saw blades that people could like melt down and hammer together and um uh uh, crowbars were very popular because i guess crowbars kind of already like the the bar cool that sounds awesome neat show neat show so much cooler than what we get, anyway, because uh, we get what the British Bake Off. That's about it. That's that's how <laughs> that's our equivalent of that type of show. Is I've actually you know. seen that, and uh, I, I don't think you should be so quick to disparage it. I actually, uh, <laughs> I, was no, gonna... I do like it. I do like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll I'll convert Tom with this like final answer. Um, the one of the test that they give the blades like once they've you know forged their masterworks and everything is they have two pigs hanging in the studio and the, the martial artist walks up to him and like oh, i wonder if this will cut the clean through it and sees how far he can get through the pig uh i take it the pig's dead already oh yeah yeah it's a <laughs> <laughs> did it die of natural causes or... <laughs> like... a pre a previous series yeah it it killed me. Uh, one of the episodes, one of the blades just completely shattered. It it like hit the spine or something like that, and it was had a weak spot. And <laughs> they were just like, "Oh, this, yeah, no, this doesn't work." I'm trying to think of like a pig related insult you could say when, when that happens, but none's coming to mind. A ham fisted approach to a sword. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. Stuck in the mud. Oh, ouch. And I still can't think of one. He put all that inspiration. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anything else, Brian? I'm being tempted by by Kickstarter. There, there's a uh, a miniatures campaign that I'm watching that's got some really cool demons and elves, and uh, we'll, we'll see. I haven't. I, I kind of got tired of uh, Kickstarter to some degree and miniatures on Kickstarter because, like, they have a pretty high fail rate. But this is a I don't think this is their first rodeo and really cool looking characters. So uh, that's called uh, uh, the quest enhanced by uh, Nocturna models. Not going to look, not going to look, not going to look. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and I'm sure you're, you're also being tempted by Haven Titan command, which is now on, uh, <laughs> on, on Kickstarter, right? <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> but, at least that's not a, a, a like. I'm pretty sure you guys will deliver, like the the, the especially with having to go to China and everything like that for the for the metalworking. I've I've lost a lot of. I mean, not money. They they deliver eventually, but minis on Kickstarter mm-hmm. are, are kind of yeah, kind of rough. Like Cool Mini or not, or one of those big companies that already have it ready to go, and they just want money. <laughs> I I kind of hate to, I mean th- yeah. th- they're fine for games and everything, but their minis kind of suck. Like if you're a painter, like I, I don't I don't like plastic. Metal's the way to go. Interesting, you should say that, Brian. Anything else on your update? Nope, all yours. All right. Interesting, you should say that because of course I spent the last several days at PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo here in Seattle, Washington. And saw a great many things, spent most of my time because of the uh, the friend I was there with uh, in the video game area, but did swing by table the tabletop area a few times. And a lot of the tabletop stuff was sort of interspersed throughout the con, so I encountered it whether I was looking for it or not. And Cool Mini or Not had a booth that had some really, really well done painted up minis. And it really got me thinking, like, I'm going to have to, like, become Brian's apprentice and learn how to paint because, this, I mean, this <laughs> stuff looked great. And uh, I, hmm, the interest hasn't waned yet, so I may I may actually take up a little bit of uh, painting. I'm sure my companion will will love that. <laughs> I, I I've always tried to be like supportive of new painters or whatever. Believe me, I I thought I could never do it, dude. It's way easier to be good at it. I mean, like there are some just masters of the craft. You know, you might not get there, but it's way easier to get good at it than you than you think. See, I don't know, man. I've tried it, and I'm just shit at it. I mean, I'm terrible. <laughs> like, I just, I did, I, I painted this, like, at Origins, I think it was, and it just, it just looks like crap, man. I mean, I mean, you can, it's hard to tell in the, in the, the camera, but, like, it is just not good, man. But how, how, how much did like, you spend on that? Like, like, super, un, my hand is super unsteady, like, I'm just, I have minus three dexterity. <laughs> For our for our audio listeners, Cam is showing a uh, caped caped figurine. Um, yeah, she's like a, she's like a little she's like a rogue with like two guns and like a red cape. I was trying to do it because we're doing a Pathfinder, um, a Game of Thrones themed Pathfinder campaign, just with my 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 fiance and my friends and stuff. And she's like sort of this like elvish rogue type. Well, not she's not an elf, but like she's like a rogue, like. The, uh, Lord of Light priestess or whatever, sort of like the cleric, you know, 
and I was trying to paint something for her, but it just, just came out terrible. It looks like a three-year-old did it. <laughs> Look fine from here. How about you, Danny? Do you do you do any painting yourself? You must. Um, yeah, I was actually just I'm at my workstation essentially, so all my models are next to me, and I'm just trying to pick trying to pick up the best one, but I don't think I can find it. So yeah, I mean, most, mostly uh, if you can see some of these, the Warhammer ones. Uh, mm. I, I wouldn't nice. say the. I, I'm, I'm a, I would say I'm okay. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. But um, I started about ten years ago, and I started with the metal figures, and I've still got it, and it looks like I, I can't even describe <laughs> how it looks. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I, I'm actually kind of glad they went to plastic. So maybe I'm maybe I'm the odd one out there. Mm, opposite ends of the spectrum. Some people love yeah, it. I just could never get never get it to stick. I, so I don't know what I was doing. I don't think I primed anything. I think that Oof, was my problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but yeah. Brian, to, to be to be fair, Brian is our master craftsman. He can any. He's a wizard with his hands, leather painting anything the guy this the this forged in fire show is, is is really tempting me I, i'm pretty sure i can make a forge in the backyard <laughs> have you guys seen the that's a big leap from watching a show have you guys seen the video on the internet about the guy like repurposing aluminum cans no there's he, he slags them all down and then pours them into like molds and he makes like swords, like not functioning swords, but like, you know, decor, you know, cosplay yeah. swords and shit like that out of them. It's pretty cool. You could probably make more off that than, you know, f- five cents of time oh, yeah. or whatever you well, get Well, assuming you don't, right? you know, splash and <laughs> set fire to the house. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Wow. So between packs. Uh, you, Brian, and now you, Danny. I, I am I am inspired to to try my hand again at, at painting. So uh, who knows what atrocities I'll be churning out by next week? <laughs> but uh, let's see. So apart from that, PAX is a combination tabletop and video game convention, and I did I checked out a great many video games. I won't take up the entire show by talking about them. I'll just go over a few highlights. They are doing a new Sonic. The Hedgehog in the traditional style, like it looks like a kind of a really state-of-the-art version of the old 16-bit Sonic the Hedgehog games. It looks It's great. I actually played it and had a great time. Awesome. Um, evidently, this guy was doing some unofficial remasters of the original games, and uh, Sega liked his work so well that they hired him on to do a whole new game. So, yeah. Wow. It's going to be coming out relatively soon. I think. I don't even know the release date. Um, as well, uh, got an update on... Uh, there's an indie game called... Oh, I already forgot the name of it. Mazer. Mazer? Yeah, Star Mazer. Star Mazer, yeah. You may have remembered, I think it was a PAX South, maybe this past one or one before, where I talked all about it. They, they had done a crowdfunding campaign and they've gotten a lot farther down the road they released kind of a prequel space shooter and are still uh, on their way to producing the ultimate game i think that's probably worth checking out kind of a, and it's an it's a mix between sort of a king's quest style action game i believe i believe and a uh, it, it might be a more slashy action game than i than i actually believe it is uh 
but uh, basically a combination action game and space shooter. So really cool. And uh, then, of course, on the big blockbuster front, there was all kinds of VR this time. And uh, I am more convinced than ever that VR is going to catch on at some point. It's really cool, even in this early, even in these early days. And um, I think a lot of people's problem is going to be space in their home. And so I think uh, there are probably other applications outside the home for VR going forward. But um, speaking of a specific application that I found intriguing, I played this little Resident Evil demo where it wasn't really, it wasn't all that interactive. You basically just sat there and got killed. <laughs> but uh, imagine basically being helpless as a zombie like toys with you and then comes and kills you. And, you know, you can't like look away because it's in your face. Um, suffice to say that virtual reality and horror go very well together or very poorly together, depending on how you feel about horror uh, experiences. So let's see. I think that's pretty, you know, I could go over about a dozen different games I played at PAX, but uh, those, those are just some highlights that come to mind. And that's pretty much it. I've been at PAX for about the past four days. And yeah, I really had a good time this year. Lots to see, more to see than you could ever see, and some stuff you'll never be able to see because you can't get in line fast enough. And, uh, oh, speaking of which, I did get in line early and attend a Final Fantasy fifteen panel that had a lot of the big shots from that actual project, and I'm kind of excited about that game. They actually did a little play demo for us, and it looked like fun. So uh, if you're into Final Fantasy, you might be into this one. I know I will be. And... Man, I want to mention more games now, but I've taken up too much time already. <laughs> that is it for me and my update. And so, Danny, now you have had to listen to us, and you, you see how it's done. Feel free to take it away. Um, okay, um, I guess thanks for having me. Um, we've launched our Kickstarter. I'm one of the three members behind the project, so if there's uh, anything specific I, c- I can run through, or if you want to ask me questions, I'm not sure where you want to begin with it. Well, just, just yeah, yeah. Just tell just tell us about uh, just tell us about the game. Okay, so um, it's called Haven Titan Command. So, um, it's about mechs uh, or titans, as we call them, um, where each player controls their own titan. Uh, the cards uh, represent equipment, field skills, and so you know guns and shields and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you play them, and then you try and blow your opponent up, essentially. Um, so it comes in one big box, and all the cards are in that one box. Uh, I think we class them as expendable, expandable card games nowadays. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's sort of the the marketing we're going with on that one. Um, yeah, put me on the spot. I think. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, it's all completely new like ip wise we haven't taken anything mech warrior it's all i mean our history is loving things like mech warrior macross and um gundam but it's completely original we've made a galaxy we've set everything in this galaxy um all the characters are original within that so uh, there's that to explore and um and everything is sort of taken from you know the lore and history of it so it's not like you're just playing guards essentially um so yeah, uh, everything's ready to go. Really, we've had some artwork done um, of all the titans and uh, the characters. Uh, so yeah, we're really happy with it. Just um, fingers crossed now, really. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've I've had a chance to play a, a test copy of the game, and it's a, it's really fun, fast paced, fight it out kind of game. Uh, it's like uh, it's uh, almost I don't know. I would say I would I would I would describe it almost a little bit like magic ish, but in space. Yeah, f- fighting back and forth. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we play magic a lot, and that's sort of the dueling aspect of it. Uh, we describe yeah. it a bit like netrunnery, where yeah, you're sort netrunnery, of yeah. adversarial, yeah. you know, um, against each other, where each one of you plays a specific role um, as you fight, really, rather than just a bunch of creatures and a bunch of characters. Right, very cool. Yeah, so uh, it's, got, it's good that you got to play it, because I think it's um, without... It's quite difficult to get that across, and you know, unless you're going to play it and and actually see for yourself. So that's kind of that's really cool. Yep, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the the finished product as well. Because yeah. I mean, what I saw was pretty cool, but I know you guys are still working on some of the art and things like that. Yeah, it's a big bit that's missing is is the artwork. Obviously, uh, there's 190 images sort of to fill in, um, and uh, yeah, so that's really why we're on Kickstarter. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, the artwork I'm seeing on the Kickstarter page is very impressive, and uh, I, I think Cam would do a, a splendid job of kind of walking me through it when the time comes. So, looking forward to that as well. Cam, in addition to being a brilliant legal mind, is actually a very very quick study when it comes to games. I think he picks things up like I, I, it's really remarkable. I've seen him take a box, like read over the instructions, and be teaching it like within a very short amount of time. It's it's yeah. weird that you should <laughs> say that's that. impressive because. Uh, in my gaming group, I'm the I'm the only one that reads rules at all. <laughs> um, so well, whenever there's anything, it's it's always down to me. So if I'm not there, they can't right. play games. I think it's as simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm quite literally and figuratively the rules lawyer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Danny, Danny, uh, have you or are you considering a legal career? Because it seems to go hand in hand with being a rules lawyer, <laughs> like being an actual lawyer. It, it never crossed my mind, but um, okay. I don't know. Maybe who knows? You don't have to be. You don't. You don't have to be, but it helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually uh, there was a judgment against me, like a full-on legal judgment resulting from a game where Cam and I uh, uh, had a dispute. I had to pay him five thousand dollars in real money. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. No, that didn't happen. Yeah. Who knew game night would turn out so poorly? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't go back. I'm still recovering. I'm still paying that off. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Well, uh, best of luck with the Kickstarter. It does look promising. Um, taking a look, and it seems like you're you're well on your way to your goal, it looks like. so. Um, yeah, about halfway in time and just about halfway in funding, so... Yeah, fingers crossed we'll get Yeah, I think you're going to make it. Fingers we crossed. Hope, we hope so. Yeah, it's been a few years. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, any, apart, I'm sure this is taking up pretty much all of your, your time. This, you're quite busy, but any time for leisure or, or fun beyond your job? Um, mostly gaming, uh, whether it's digital or, um, you know, games nights we do. Uh, we play a lot of board games, but um, apart from that, um, no, just mostly gaming, I think. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> that's, that's my nice. spare time. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it only makes sense. It just shows that your commitment to the uh, yeah. <laughs> to the craft doesn't work. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Apart from that bit of writing and thing, that's what I, that's what I I do outside of that. So yeah. That's, oh, I see. Yeah. You and you and Brian share that in common. Brian is himself a writer, a man who writes. Used to be. You have the heart of a writer, Brian. 
There you go. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, all right. Thanks for the update, Danny. And uh, we look, we will be following your Kickstarter with great interest. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, with that said, it is now time to lose <laughs> for our audience to lose interest as we transition to our, our main topic. Just kidding. We're self-deprecating, but our audience, we hold our audience interest, uh, audience's interest throughout the entire show. As you will soon see. It is time for us to, what, beam up, uh, warp to, how are we going to get to our topic, Cam? You're, really, you're, you're good at this sort of thing. Um, well, I think we should uh, fire up the proton torpedoes and blow up some news first. Oh, thank you. Wow. It's like I'm stuck in, oh man, I'm tr- no, see, I'm trying to think of a, a Star Trek, um, like I'm stuck in the Q continuum or something. I I, <laughs> I forgot to announce. I forgot to our names, and now and then I forgot about the the new extravaganza, which is where where Cam actually like always shines by like, coming up with all this crazy news. So, uh, Cam, um, wow, thanks for saving me from the Q continuum. Glad to be back on the bridge. No problem. Speaking of bridges, uh, it, it appears that the Titanic is expected to disappear by 2030. There is, you know, as you know, the Titanic is about 3,800 meters below the North Atlantic Sea, and uh, it's been there since 1912, so over 100 years now. Um, I guess it's been uh, been being eaten away just by the natural elements, but also a very hungry bacteria, and so uh, it will be pretty much totally gone by uh, 2030. Oh. So take that, uh, environmentalists. Things get destroyed way quicker than you say they do. (laughs) (laughs) We don't got to worry about that big trash pile in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, if you were planning on any uh, planning, any undersea adventures, uh, I'd get to the Titanic before 2030. They better get that uh, Titanic sequel written and and filmed pretty soon. Yeah, Leo's on top. Voracious steel-eating bacteria (laughs) couldn't possibly go wrong. No cause for concern here. (laughs) Yeah, Titanic 2, the Titanicking. <laughs> yes. Um, um, speaking of train wrecks uh, or shipwrecks, uh, Lindsay Lohan uh, filed way back uh, when GTA 4 came out or GTA 5 came out. There was a, a picture of a woman um, on the opening credits and, and throughout the, 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 the game that uh, she says looked just like her in a famous selfie of hers where she's like in a bikini and she's like throwing up the peace sign. And so for the past several years, she's had ongoing litigation against Grand Theft Auto 5 or the makers of Grand Theft Auto uh, for this uh, basically saying that they co-opted her image and used it to sell their game. And so she wanted money out of it. Uh, basically, a court this year, this this month said, you know, forget it, Lindsay, you're 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 a mess and we're not going to. Go forward with your lawsuit. <laughs> oh, I don't know if the court said that, but basically, I, I, I was going to say, do they offer that? that do they offer <laughs> that insight as well? Like, you're a mess, and here's our ruling, <laughs> legally speaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't. I, I don't know that they. I don't think they said that, but uh, you know, they said basically, sorry, you're you're at, you know, you're you're, uh, you're your your lawsuit cannot move forward anymore, and they dismissed the case. So sorry, Lindsay. Uh, I, I actually sort of so- would side with her uh, on that side, just you know, not giving any legal advice or whatever. But it did look a lot like her. If you put the two pictures side by side, and they obviously were you know making a play on it on her, 
Um, but I mean, I guess some would say that that falls under, you know, parody and, and first amendment rights and stuff like that. So, so say we all, um, the, um, speaking of funny celebrities, 50 cent threw a birthday party for one of his children. Uh, and it was a teen Titans go themed party. Nice. I guess his, his son is a, a big fan of teen Titans go. And he, uh, 50 cent, uh, dressed up like cyborg. Had a full blown cyborg cosplay, and he That's... took to he took to Instagram and posted pics of himself as as a uh, as cyborg. Pretty cool. That's cool. Um, but... Be- between that and his nerdy headphones, uh, two pairs of which I bought recently, <laughs> Cam, on your recommendation, oh, I yeah, am a, a pair that I'm wearing right now. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, my uh, stormtrooper uh, fifty cent headphones. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting to really like fifty cent. <laughs> well, I mean. I, I, his bankruptcies and all his other issues. Maybe he's thinking the nerd route is the way to go to uh, bolster his coffers. Everyone else is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of uh, nerdy uh, accoutrement, mm. um, Snapchat is working on some augmented reality glasses. Oh, uh, I don't know that they are going to be any better than the Google glass glasses. Uh, but apparently, um, they're going to be called the the virgins, uh, or I think virgins. I don't know. Let me let me let me recheck my source. <laughs> you sure? You sure? Is, yeah, you sure me, it's not virgin. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're called Epiphany Eyewear. I see. And, uh, that sounds uh, nothing like vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not, <laughs> no, no. Not it was vir- virgins. Oh, virgins. virgins. <laughs> yeah. I guess they they, they said, that's a website. I guess they set up a where where Epiphany wearers can share their videos, uh, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, now you know you can post and view even more annoying snaps. You can uh, once you, once you get your <laughs> once you get your epiphany. I see those stupid little princess filters uh, yeah. on everybody. Yeah, exactly. Just just make the world that that filter. Um, I wish they could make make douchebags go away within fifty. Is it was it like thirty seconds they go away or something? Like, I, I'm not on Snapchat, so I don't know. But apparently, I guess the thing is that they go away within a certain amount of time. Um, Wait, the people themselves or the photos? <laughs> no, I, I know I'm saying the photos, I, I guess, go no. away. But it would be great if we could make, you know, douchey people go away. And then... Yeah, believe me. I, 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 it turns out that's not legal. I, I've come up with ways, but uh, yeah, you're yeah. not allowed. <laughs> and speaking of douchiness, uh, Apple has announced that they are going to uh, – in their new, their newest, well, I guess they haven't announced, but it, but uh, the rumblings are that the iPhone Seven will not have a uh, a jack for your headphones. So these awesome fifty cent headphones that we bought, Tom, are going to be uh, ruled obsolete <laughs> when the iPhone Seven comes out if we choose to purchase it. Uh, and they are going towards, uh, I guess, Bluetooth technology, and and you're going to have to have headless earphones if you want to use them with your iPhone Seven. Um, this makes their purchase of Beats, the Beats by Dre franchise, uh, much more uh, clearer. I guess it, it makes it makes a lot more sense now. So now I guess all the people that own Beats by Dre are gonna have to be uh, are gonna be forced to buy brand new Beats, uh, Beats by Microsoft, I guess, whatever they're called now, uh, and uh, if they want to use them with their iPhone Seven, that's um. Seems dumb. I don't really think like didn't didn't Bluetooth already not catch on about six years ago? Yeah, well, I guess 
much in many other ways, uh, you know, much like they're doing in many other ways, uh, Microsoft is pushing us into the future. Microsoft or Apple? Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Apple. Why do I keep saying yeah, Microsoft? Apple. Well, Apple. you know, yeah. increasingly you can't tell the two apart. Well, they're, they're a-holes too because they keep trying to get me to download a, a, whatever, Windows 10, and I keep saying no, and they keep trying to force it on me. But, uh, <laughs> They're going to send a guy to your house with a thumb drive pretty soon. Come yeah, on, Dad. seriously. <laughs> a crowbar and a thumb drive. Let's g- 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 <laughs> Give me your Surface right now. Um, no, but uh, but yeah. So uh, speaking of ushering into the future, I guess we can transition to our topic. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is the Star Wars 50th <laughs> anniversary. Star, yeah. Star Wars. Star Trek. I'm getting everything wrong. <laughs> ah, Jeez. You see, you see, you built me up. You built me up so much with, uh, you know, saying that I shine in the news and I just shit the bed. You, uh, you seem to have caught whatever I caught. Wasn't there a, wasn't there an episode <laughs> of Star Trek where everybody became like, just like, like bumbling simpletons or something? I, I want to say there was. Or if- yeah. They, everyone was like sort of like drunkish and data like had to like, was like taking out all the chips of the, <laughs> of the warp drive. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like destructive force was like bearing down on them and he had to like replace them all really quickly so they could activate the warp drive <sighs> and Wesley saved the day. Of course he did. Of course Wesley saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I know too much about Star Trek, the next generation. Which one was it when the there was like a warp core meltdown and then time froze and then Picard was laughing and drawing oh, a smiley I- face in the death cloud? You remember that? Um, I think that was the one where where uh, uh, Jordy and the Bajoran chick were caught in that time loop, right? Or they they Maybe. were like they were in that like where they basically were like in, like out of phase or something like that, along with another with a what's one of those guys? What are the guys? The um, not the they sort of look like uh, Vulcans, but they're Romulan. They're, no, the Cardassians. Oh, Romulans. The Card- I can't, the, I can't the, remember. The, Car- the Cardassians are the guys with like a thick necks. And the, the yeah, no, no, it was are... a Romulan. Yeah, yeah, it was a Romulan. Right, and, yeah, uh, Romulans are like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, they, were, uh... they were caught with one of those guys and they were going back and forth between the ships because there was some sort of like, they were trying to help them out and then it turned into like a warp core breach and they kept reliving the day over and over again or something. That was like six episodes in one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember all those things happening, but I don't know if they're all the same episode or not. So. I don't know. Which brings us to this this topic, which is Star Trek, which has been going on in some form for 50 years. Hard to believe. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm not going to call myself a Trekkie, but I've watched enough of it to qualify as, I think, uh, at least a C-tier fan, let's say. And... I will acknowledge that like most of the things I like probably would not exist as they do today if it wasn't for Star Trek. Very true. Yeah. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have our tablets. We wouldn't have uh, <laughs> our smartphones, you know, which are basically those, you know, like tricorders, <laughs> you know. We wouldn't have our post-capitalist economy that doesn't require you to have money, you know. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We don't. <laughs> we didn't get around to that. Still working on some of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to just go around the room and, I don't know, thoughts thoughts on it being 50 years old and, and thoughts maybe on uh, whether we can see another 50 years. Not, not well, we, we may not see another 50 years, but <laughs> that the fr- thoughts as to whether or not the franchise will last another 50 years and, and really what the vision of the future will be in a few decades from now. Yeah. So what was it? I guess 66, right? When it, yeah. The yep. episode aired? That's crazy to think it was that long ago. 
I think it, if I, re, if I remember correctly, I, I read or heard something on TV about this a long time ago. When it came out, Westerns were all the rage. And to get people to tune in, in like the TV guidebooks and, and all that, they had to like couch it as like a wagon train to the stars or something to get people to like tune in and try it out. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I'm just imagining like Sulu with like a cowboy hat on like, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm sure uh, he's had a cowboy hat on. Didn't they have a couple of Old West episodes? <laughs> yeah, they did actually. Yeah, they probably had to. It was like obligatory at the time. Yeah. I'm sure he's had some chaps on at some point in his life. Maybe oh, <laughs> George Takei? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's a party animal. I, I don't think he has. I don't think he leads a wild life. He seems like kind of a, a mild mannered nerd, if you ask me. But I might be wrong. He's actually a super super cool guy. I met him at the uh, Star Trek when they used to do that Star Trek uh, convention at the Las Vegas Hilton every oh. year. I met I met him and his uh, his partner Brad. Uh, 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 like I don't know, this must have been seven, eight years ago. But he's a super cool guy. He's took time to like you know chat, chat, and just really great guy. What does Brad do that he gets to like be hang out with George Takei? Like, what's what's his claim to fame? No, no claim to fame. I mean, I you just I I, I I mean, this is a family podcast. I, I won't go into what he does. <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, I think I think one no, can, no, no. I meant like I, I think one can imagine. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, whatever, whatever he does behind the scenes is up to him. But I'd say, like, you know, if you're somebody as accomplished as George Takei, what attracts you to Brad? Which just that his name just doesn't scream <laughs> excited. I don't know. Love, love, love is blind. I guess right. Love knows no warp factor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, that's funny. Anyway, it's funny we mentioned George Takei and, and you know, because before he before he was openly uh, out there as gay, you know, he was openly Asian. And uh, <laughs> I yeah. think that for the time the show was released, that was kind of a kind of a progressive thing to have a, to have an Asian person on the bridge. You know, yeah, this, this is well covered territory, but you know, it was a show that had a lot of like a diverse cast at a time when other shows did not. Right. I, I think that's something that really stands out to me. Sure. All of the technology that, you know, they kind of like sparked became reality and everything like that. But this show is so old that like being black was kind of a thing. Like, I, I'm amazed by that. Like the the it, it, it sounds silly or whatever, but this show had a hand in just making that normal and acceptable and okay. Yeah, 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 and it, and it did so by by saying like, well, yeah, by you know, centuries from now, of course, this will be the case. Like it, it it leapfrogged the conditions of the day and like was like looking back from this like future perch where that was normal. Right. Yeah. And it's funny too. I, I especially like the, especially in next generation, how matter of factly they're like, yeah, they were barbarians. They were, yeah, they didn't have any idea. Like they used to care who you had sex with. What the, what's wrong with those people? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The, the way they kind of look back on it. Yeah. How the show makes a commentary on the modern day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. In 66. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even then, and the next generation did it even more. Yeah. What, what do you think, Daddy? The show pretty groundbreaking in terms of its uh, forward-looking... Yeah, just going to touch on the groundbreaking thing. It had 
didn't have the first kiss, interracial kiss. Yeah, I think it did, yeah. Um, it did, didn't Polish, it? Uh, yeah, and I think that sort of, like you were saying about the matter-of-fact thing, they just did it, and that was it. They didn't essentially make a huge deal out of it, I think, at the time, and sort of just let it do itself, let it let people talk about it themselves, and I think, that, you know, what it did for that was, ama- you know, amazing. When you look was back, that Kirk and Nichelle uh, Nichols and Uhura? Uh, I think so. I'd have to Google. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah. It yeah. was. And, and, and Danny, it's, it kind of uh, says something about the time that that kiss was preceded by Kirk kissing about fifteen blue, green, and yellow alien women, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which no one batted an eye at. And then he, he kissed like a, a a black human, and suddenly it was like, whoa! whoa you know. those, those will be groundbreaking <laughs> in fifty years. Those green blue <laughs> kisses. Right, 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 right. When there's intolerance of the, uh, you know our nearby neighbors from Proxima Centauri or whatever. Well, what sucks is that like, and not to be a Debbie Downer, but like, so those fans of Star Trek that love Star Trek, cause you know, they love Star Trek. Okay. Are probably a, a lot of them are probably the same internet trolls that got on Reddit and were all hacked off when Finn turned out to be, you know, was possibly a black stormtrooper. In, oh yeah. In, yeah. in, in episode seven. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's sort of a you know contrast of how far we come, how far we've come, and how far we've not come. You know. But, but those people—they're at the margins, aren't they? I mean, it's not the mainstream opinion that that that's a big deal. You know, whereas during the Star Trek day, in '66, I imagine what? you'd have a lot more people that would have felt that way. Oh yeah, I mean, I think there was still segregation as I was there. Yes, <laughs> the response would have been different too. Like these people, you know, went online and wrote nasty letters. Like they would have just killed them. Yeah. Oh god, that's or, terrible. Or, or, or at best, burned a cross. You know. Yeah. I... Oh my. Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Danny? I mean, not not that you are an expert on decades past, but. Um... <laughs> In, in your neck of the woods, uh, do you think it was as big a deal as it was in the U.S. where we had, like, you know, segregation or all this? No, I don't think. I, I'm trying to think back to sort of my childhood when Star Trek was around. I'm trying to think if it was as big a deal here as it was in America. And I don't even, I don't think it was anyway. So I think, you know, you, you got hit by that a lot heavier than we did, certainly. Yeah. We definitely have a much more pronounced, uh, or have a, had a history of much more pronounced uh, racial division here. I, I don't think anybody would <laughs> dispute that. So, yeah, I mean, a show, a show definitely that that tackles kind of social issues, but as I said, by by leapfrogging them, and then we gloss over it a couple times, but I think it kind of bears repeating. A show that like showcases future technology, that like. Of course, we're going to have. The, we're, of course, we're going to carry like a you know a, a tiny notebook-sized computer around. Like, duh, that goes without saying. I I think it it really was prescient in a lot of ways. We seem to have missed the boat on like the tricorder. I, I hope that that's out soon. And um, I'm not really sure how practical the little like tap of the badge to talk thing would be, but I mean, I would. Try oh, that's it just out. an Apple Watch. Well, I mean, it's like it's like Siri, you know, like whatever Siri, or yeah, similar anyway. Good point. Good point. I mean, do you think the cell phone is a, is superior to? I, I don't. I don't know if I'd want a lapel mounted uh, smartphone necessarily, or something, or whatever. Whatever that was. 
I, I, I think it'd be well, cool it's like shit, a, I mean, actually. it's just yeah. a wearable, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. of weeks ago, we were talking about the um, the tattoos that you can get like on your arm or whatever. I think it'd be really cool just to have like on your on your breast pocket, like you know, volume up, next song, next song, like, and you could even make it in that like little icon style or something. I mean, I'm sure you get copyright or whatever, so make sure you homage. Yeah. Yeah, there's implantable tech, isn't there, where you, you can get things inserted into you, which could do the same as a receiver or something. So it's not a million miles. As I think about it, and as, as you guys are, are mentioning it, the um, the device, whatever it was, uh, and whatever it, whatever incarnation it might take in terms of a device, you know, implant or what have you, um, the whole idea was you were interfacing with this, like, uh, this sort of like ubiquitous computer, right? Like you were talking to this like intelligent, you weren't necessarily at a terminal. You were just kind of talking to this computer that was listening in on things at all time and monitoring. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know if they could remotely talk to the ship computer or not. I think that was mainly you had to be on, on the ship, wasn't it? In other words, they could be like computer. like. No, I don't think so. I think that was just the ship on or, or, or the computer on the ship. I think the the little tappy thing was just a cell phone. Human to human, yeah, okay. I mean, it it occurs to me, if if you want to consider the um, sort of learning intelligences that that back things like Siri, that we are, we we sort of integrated the two. I mean, you're kind of calling back to the ship when when you send a query in and, and have it answered. So I think we kind of melded the you know, tap to talk with the computer that can answer your, that can almost answer your just like plainly stated questions. I think we're a lot closer than, than I ever thought we'd be. I, I remember, you know, 85, 86, like just, just fantasizing about us all having phones. Like it's just, you know, to be able to communicate with anyone whenever you wanted. I never thought that mm. would actually come to pass. Let alone in my lifetime, let alone, you know, in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So we've we we've, we've marched a good ways down that road. And uh Yeah, I wonder hmm. We're talking about technology and sort of the oh, Okay. Are you guys prepared to go so far as to say that the show actually inspired the invention of these technologies or did it foresee what would obviously come to pass or did it really inform the development of of these gadgets that we take for granted today? No, I think it absolutely like it inspired the people that went on to create them. Yeah, it's like art imitating life or life imitating art, whatever. You know, I think it just had a, a definite effect on you know, the culture and then, you know, those people that then went on into those positions to make stuff. So absent of Star Trek and, um, I mean, if there'd been Star Wars only, you think we might all be sitting around like big, ugly banks of computers and, (laughs) (laughs) uh, using data tapes and so on to this day. Look, I love Star Wars, but the, believe it or not, the, the, the fantasy is just not there. Like their communicator was a little microphone that you clicked and spoke into. That's not nearly as cool as just like 
beat me up. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. And, I mean, I guess, really, the droids spoke to the machines, but I, still not, not as next step as just telling the 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 spaceship hey i want to go here no you need 3po to, to speak that like rare language oh gosh yeah oh it's scary to think if we go down the star trek like uh route. You, yeah you would need a droid to like data spike the damn computer to get your email wouldn't you <laughs> and recite it back to, yeah just to project <laughs> need a it. protocol droid to translate <laughs> what a pain in the ass Love the Star Wars well, I, like universe, the story, the characters. Star Trek had way better technology. No, no question. No question. Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there, there's even episodes of like a Next Generation when like Picard had like a little like look what looks like an iPad. Yeah, almost yeah. exactly. Like, think, yeah. So I mean, it's they they were pretty. They were almost Jules Vernish and like their foreseeing of what you know things to come or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, that gets back to the the prescience and and you know, speaking of the technology, and I I like the way the episode has kind of gone here. We're kind of focusing on how they zeroed in on the future, uh, even though it's a future we haven't quite gotten to yet. Some of it has already come to pass. And um, Danny, I'll let I'll let you take the lead on this next question because I'm I'm curious <laughs> about this. We when it comes to gadget tech and and to race relations and and to other things they were they were definitely forward thinking and predictors of the future, but at least from my perspective, when it comes to doing like sort of the core thing, um, that it, in the Star Trek universe, which is like actually exploring space, I feel like we're just stuck. We we've barely made any strides since the sixties, at least in my opinion. I understand there's a lot of research going on, but we're not like even at Mars yet. So what are your thoughts on that and, and why we maybe are falling a bit short of the mark? Um, yeah, I think when we look back at the 60s, it was it was all going on, wasn't it? We're going, going into space, going into going to the moon. That's when it kicked off and captured the imagination, as it were. I, I, I don't know. I think we then, over the 80s, 90s, we lost that. We, we didn't do any more of that. And now we've sort of kicked back into it again. So maybe that's why sci-fi with the movies and things, it's come back again. And, you know, it has got that renaissance about it when people are looking back now and thinking, well, we should be pushing on now because it has been 50 years and we've we've not done it. So, yeah, it's hard to say, really. Brian, Cam, what do you guys think of that? Well, in the Star Trek timeline, at least, I mean, they got crazy lucky. They were barely able to hop off the planet when the Vulcans just happened to be driving by. <laughs> yeah, and, right, and I've right, always right. said this, I think first contact would really light a fire under our asses. Yeah. Or, and it would help if they came with like handy warp technology we could use as well. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Or they'd light us on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Can do you think, Maybe as uh, Danny applied, we're we are entering, or we need another, um, or or even as Brian applied. Basically, do you think we need another kick in the ass to <laughs> get moving again, or do you think we're experiencing one? Uh, I do think so, and I think that that kick in the ass, unfortunately, is going to come from our own doing. You know, like global warming and things like that. I mean, we're going to realize pretty quickly that we're 
we're all fucked up and we're gonna, we need to do something about it, whether it's healing things here or looking off world. Uh, things are going to have to start moving pretty quickly over the next 30, 50 years, uh, which, you know, for us is, is kind of a long time, but in the global scheme of things is, is the blink of an eye, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, some sort of event is going to, I mean, just like, just look, just look at what's been happening lately. I mean, how many, there's been like five earthquakes in the last week or two. Um, and they're saying like a lot of them are related to fracking for, for the, the oil. Um, it's like, we're just, we just continue to just do things like that and then wonder why bad things happen to us. Uh, I think something's going to happen on a scale of magnitude that we can't ignore it. And then that fracking the proverbial fire is literally trying to force like huge tracks of earth apart, like explosively. I, they inject gas, correct? Yeah, gas and liquid and so on, yeah. Yep. But who on earth thought that was a good idea? Like, <laughs> Someone who has us convinced we absolutely must keep using all the fossil fuels we can find, I guess, right? By cracking our planet open like an egg? It's progress, Brian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why I think it's like sort of, you know, key to what we're talking about. I mean, it's you can't get any more opposite of the Star Trek ideals than that right i mean it, it just makes no sense the, the whole reason of doing it is for personal gain personal wealth and destroying the planet which is the exact opposite of what you know the, the, the star trek universe would want to do and we need to we need to turn that around pretty quickly so so what do you think of that back to bring it around to you then danny do you, what do you think of uh, us having reduced the earth into a giant trash heap as being the impetus for us like leaving if there's ever a reason to leave, then that might as well be it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, yeah. But... Yeah, truly. But um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right with the with the kick up the the backsides. Uh, sadly, it's it's forced. It's you know we do it ourselves. I like to think we could uh, be a little more aspirational and both fix the earth <laughs> and leave the earth. <laughs> you know, not not like just make it such an unlivable hellhole that we'd rather take our chances in space, but. I hate to pick on the lawyers, but we need like artists and dreamers back in charge of some things instead of number crunchers <laughs> and what we can get away with types. Well, I'd say we need a healthy balance of the two. <laughs> as long as I have a job, I don't care about the other ones. <laughs> I, I, I see. I say we need the uh, the games makers uh, like our guests tonight to uh, yes. to lead us into the future. Yes. <laughs> I, th- I think I steal all of my technology and things. So yeah, don't rely on me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. Back to if the you can't, if you can't create the, the the thing yourself, you just have to inspire the next generation. Ooh, the next generation. Well done, Brian. <laughs> S- smooth. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, George George Takai met Brad uh, in the eighties. Uh, they both were part of a, I guess. California running club. They, they both were avid runners. And, uh, I guess Brad was the best runner of the group. And so George thought he was cute and asked him to train him for a marathon. And, uh, here they are like 30 years later, married and in love. He trained him for a marathon because they got married instead. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good job, Brad. You're, you're, you're short, short, your your short short shorts 
attracted George Takei. Well, to be fair, his running skills. Like, I wanted to. I, he had to be like good, and so he had to be skilled or something to attract the attention of true, George Takei. Right, so. Very true. But I'm, I'm sure those '80s Kango <laughs> or pony shorts shorts d- d- didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Is that a uh, no flipping the tape required Walkman you have on? Well, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till I can't wait till we wear like unitards, like like in Star Trek. Uh oh oh, like in the like the early seasons when they were wearing those awful. You mean before they went to like the jacket you constantly had to pull back down when you stood up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I want the I want the Wesley Crusher unitard with like the with the the, the rainbow across the front. Of it. Well, that that was the first. <laughs> Minus the rainbow, the unitard in the first, I think the first season, Next Generation, that was what they wore before they went to the yeah. awkward jacket. <laughs> yeah. And I love that when it's like, like when they were like at ease or like taking a break, they just like unbuttoned it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, that, that's, a, that's a lighter point I would like to discuss uh, to sort of end the episode. All right. The Starfleet uniform in the original series was a certain way. And then in the eighties and beyond, when they when they every time they did a new Star Trek motion picture, the uniforms changed and like often drastically, like depending on what was in fashion that year. And I mean at one point I think they had like weird like eighties like quilted padding on their uniforms in one of the movies. <laughs> like it got really like garish <laughs> in a couple of them. And um that's something that I of all the things to to um sort of quibble with about Star Trek. That was, that's something that has always kind of stuck in my craw. Like would this like post materialistic society be be like fashion conscious to that degree? I I mean, I guess they they would have been utilitarian in that respect. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of a departure from the (laughs) ideals of Star Trek, but, uh, I mean, then again, like you said, we, we, you know, we could poke holes in Star Trek all day. Like, I mean, no one's supposed to have money. Everyone's supposed to be equal yet. Like, you know, Picard has these like golden ships and like a rare first edition of Moby Dick. So how did he get that? You know, like, I mean, he's got to obviously ha- have some scratch, you know, and some <laughs> spending money, you know, and he's always going to like Risa and like having like, you know, all these, you know, crazy sex vacations. <laughs> so like, I, I mean, like, you know, he's got to be paying for it somehow. Like, well, so I mean, I think. I think the point you're allowed to have like these um, cultural heirlooms, you know, but, but they're not um, they're not cheap like mass-produced goods. These are things that uh, uh, you're a deep person if you own these things. I guess I don't know. That doesn't make sense because you could just replicate Moby Dick and and a golden spaceship, couldn't you? So true. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, what do you guys think about those two things? The inc- the inconsistencies in Star Trek when it comes to like owning things because people seem to have their prized possessions. One and two, my probably honestly singular observation because I've never heard anybody else complain about this. <laughs> they were like constantly changing uniforms between movies. Yeah, I don't think the movies count. Like that that's not the same vision. So like they get a little bit of. I, I guess forgiveness for for being different, like. Hmm. What do you think, Daddy? I just think it's weird. Aliens wear clothes. <laughs> I, th- I think if we were to meet an alien race and they happen to wear the same trousers as us, is a little bit weird in itself. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty true. Very true. Yeah. Wouldn't. 
won't we evolve past the point of needing to uh, clothe ourselves at some point? Like we'll have no shame of our bodies or something or, um, I will always have shame of my body. <laughs> I will never evolve past that. Okay. I'll put this one to you, Danny, in response to your point though. Let's just say you're Riker and you now Starfleet have taken on alien customs and no longer bother with clothes. Right. Um, and you're Riker, and Picard is sitting there with his bare ass on the <laughs> commander's <laughs> chair, and then he says, "Listen, I gotta, I've got to go, uh, you know, to ten forward. You, you have the bridge, number one, and now you've got to sit down where he was sitting, and you don't have anything on. <laughs> Think about that. I, I, uh, are the towels? What's, what's that? Are the towels? Oh, are the towels? Yeah, the towels. There would have to be, I guess. I also <laughs> can't tell a red shirt apart now because there isn't any." So that's oh, a yeah, you're right there. I can't. I don't know who to send down to the planet because no one's got clothes <laughs> on. <laughs> well, I'm, assu- I'm, ass- I'm assuming in the future the the fabric is like self cleaning or you know hypoallergenic or whatever. <laughs> Wouldn't matter if you sat there after uh, Picard's sweaty ass was there. Well, maybe. Okay, so <laughs> good answer about the towels. Either the towels or the future like self cleaning fabric handle the bare ass on the chair problem. <laughs> but that's a real conundrum for for <laughs> for the person taking over the bridge, as Danny just pointed out. Who, who do you send to die? Because everybody's kind of wearing a similar uniform. Yeah. Now. Well, I mean, how are you going to tell rank as well? Like, where are you going to stick those little dots that he they have on there? <laughs> where, where, where do the little like you know command dots go? Right. Right. I think you might you might need to reinstitute red shirts. Yeah. Well, and, and where are you going to put your little you know communicator? I guess we could integrate it into your body. Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then again, you wouldn't want to ex- you wouldn't want to waste the resources on the people who are going to get killed. Subdermal. So, and where are you going to hang your tricorder? I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I've got plenty of room to hang plenty of things <laughs> if, I, if I was naked. But I don't know, some other people. Might. <laughs> um, uh, maybe a yeah, yeah, maybe maybe just a tattoo or something. Like once you get the red tattoo, you're expendable. Yeah, <laughs> the, the red tattoo of death. Right, right. Uh, I'm a red tat. I'm never going to make it through this mission. <laughs> oh wow, this got silly. This got silly fast. Anyway, yeah, we we went sideways. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, that's par for the course on this show. Believe me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Anything else you want to discuss with regard to Star Trek, Kickstarters, games, gaming, anything else? Anybody before we adjourn? Well, we just we want to make sure that uh, every, all the listeners and viewers head over to uh, Kickstarter. Check out Haven Titan Command by Games Night Games. Games Night uh, Night with the K. Uh, and uh, check out uh, check out the the game and and uh, back it on Kickstarter. You won't be disappointed. Are you going to have the demo tomorrow? Vaughn has it. If Vaughn will be there tomorrow, then then I I, I can ask him to to, to drop by. I, I will cross my fingers. Okay. Well, there you have it. Those of you in the South Florida region of the United States, feel free to stop into our local gaming haunt, the Adventure Game Store, where you can play this very game. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So uh, we'll see you there tomorrow. Then, Danny, you're gonna like fly over, or uh, how how long does it take? Oh, it's it's it's. <laughs> In what ten hours? It's it's, it's no time just at all. A quick, <laughs> just a quick, uh, just a quick hop across the pond, as they say. That's what yes. they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And Danny, um, do you have any social media websites? Anything you wanna you wanna tell our listeners? About? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, it's um, we're on all of them: Twitter, Facebook. Um, it's Haven the Game across all of them, essentially. Um, that's all, just all one word: slash Haven the Game. Or search for us, Haven Tank Command. Um, yeah. So, thank you. So, so Haven the Game, uh, Haven Titan Command, on any social media. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. We will direct all of our listeners there. And uh, as we said, we, we wish you great success going forward. And not, not that it's needed. I think you're uh, off to a great, great start so far. So, uh, well, as you, as you said, you're mostly there. It's just really this, the, the Kickstarter to put a, what, the finishing touches on it. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, everything's been designed and made. It's just, yeah, that's it, really. Awesome. Very cool. All right, well, best of luck as we bring the episode to an end. And I will commence ending the episode by saying, kickstart every week by... (laughs) (laughs) And reach Warp Factor 10 at the same time by checking out our show on iTunes, Google Play Music, or if you prefer a streaming alternative, Stitcher. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Travaganza HQ group on Facebook. Uh, hop into your shuttle and fly on over to our website, nerdstravaganza.com, and check out all of our uh, back episodes, including this one and all of our other 220-something uh, forays into nerddom. Uh, beam on over to YouTube and check out this and all of our other premium video content and shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know what Darmok's your gelad at Tanagra (laughs) and with all that said normally Brian takes us away with a uh, farewell quip or joke or pun but to really put you on the spot Danny since you're our guest this week we'll let you go ahead and do that to cap out the episode um. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if I was prepared, um, I'll I'll let Brian do it. I think it's safer. No, how does it feel? Huh? <laughs> I think it's safer. <laughs> there, that was your redshirt moment. Now, now you've definitely been left behind on the planet to die. <laughs> Falling on your sword. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, okay, take us, take take the rest of the away team back to the ship. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. That's enough. <laughs> Con. <laughs> Why did he scream anyway? Like, was that coming over like the communicator? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But it was awesome. (laughs) It was cool in the movie, but like nobody could hear that.